Welcome to Curiously Katie, where life coach, hypnotherapist, and Reiki practitioner Katie Schofield shows you how to rehabilitate your mind, heal your relationships, and then your entire life, one question at a time. Weirdos, welcome. Hello, weirdos, and welcome to episode seven. How are your holidays? Mine were pretty good, actually. I kind of loved our holidays. I know I have a few friends still celebrating. However, at my house, we didn't get to celebrate with family again this year. My aunt and uncle have been planning this big family get-together post-COVID, but unfortunately, my beloved uncle was exposed by an anti-vaxxer at his job and felt deathly ill, and then my aunt fell really sick, too. And we found all of this out the day before our scheduled dinner. So for multiple reasons, we decided that it would be much safer for everyone just to call the whole thing off and everybody just stayed home for Thanksgiving, which was totally fine for me because I wasn't really attached to going anyway. So that's what we're talking about this week. It's all about attachment and letting go, letting go of all those things that we don't need and that are in our way. And with the final eclipse of the year happening this Friday, it's positioned on the south node of the moon. And on the south node of the moon, we are being asked to let go of a lot right now. And one of the biggest reasons we are struggling with letting go of so many of these things is because of our relationship with our attachments. And if there's anything that these two pair of eclipses have taught us, it's how to let go of outdated paradigms and ideas that no longer serve us. The first one in this series of two in Sagittarius happened in June of 2020, and that was the peak of the Black Lives Matter movement. And all of that craziness, all of those marches all happened between June 5th and June 7th. So when it comes to clearing out outdated bullshit, let's just say big work can be done this week with or without your written consent. Like they're not asking, it's just happening. (laughs) But I do encourage all the clients I work with to work with the energy of the planets for optimum results. Because like, why not? Why not just be informed and see what happens? As long as you're not bringing any harm to yourself or others, I say fucking go for it. Work with the energy of the sky. Use an astrologer. Check your tarot cards. Do whatever you need to do to release those clingy past habits that you notice surfacing in specific areas of your life right now. And not even right now, you don't, you can do this all the time, but right now is the most optimum time to release and to let go. Can you just imagine like if all of this time your astrologer was right? (laughs) I mean, honestly, let go of thinking that it no longer serves you to think your astrologer isn't right. What if your astrologer is always right? And you're the one that doesn't know anything. It's worth considering, especially right now. So start, start with letting go of that thought. Okay, so you have the opportunity right now to really play with this open portal and toss all the emotional rubbish into the bin. Make room for something better 
by clearing out what you have now that isn't working. The universe is a perfectly balanced machine like this. One in and one out. So if you're not making use of this portal to get rid of the things that you do not want in your life, then you are wasting an opportunity, in my opinion. So I want to start off my chat about attachment by first defining it for myself or how I define it. And then I looked it up in the dictionary because I'm oftentimes actually a little bit surprised (laughs) when I look up what a word means, it's different than how it's been used around me. And I think that for so many people, that's happening more and more. Um, I'm looking at you, Gen Z. Yeah. And I am attached to the dictionary's usage of the word aesthetic. I'm not letting that one go. That one's mine. (laughs) Okay, so how do I define attachment? So to me, attachment is when we surrender our emotional integrity to an outside authority in exchange for emotional security. Yeah, that's a big one. (laughs) I, I really had to sit and think about it, and I wrote it a couple of times, but this really is what attachment feels like to me, and it's what I've seen over and over and over and over and over in my clients. So that's the definition I gave it. Now, the dictionary on my desk says, attachment is the legal seizure of property, connections by ties of affection and regard, a device to a machine or implement, or a connection by which one thing is attached to another. And I find it interesting that the synonyms they list for the attachment or for attachment are devotion, fondest love, passion, and affection. Isn't that interesting that the dictionary only lists love-related synonyms? One might draw the conclusion that attachments and our relationship to them are only romantic in nature. However, I'm going to show you how very untrue this is in just a moment. But first, a quick word on the brain. The thoughts you think are created by the environment you are immersing yourself in the most. That includes social media scrolling, the people you follow, the people's videos you spend time watching, the social networks that you're on, the interactions you have via text message, the way you think about other people's text messages and that inner dialogue going on in your mind, all of those things <laughs> are the environment you are most immersed in. And when you're mostly immersed in your inner world, you have fewer attachments to your outer world. But when you're mostly immersed in your outer world and not your inner world, you have a lot of attachments in your life, in your mind, in who you are as a person. It's hard to feel secure because you're not tethered to your soul. You're not tethered to yourself. You're tethered a million different directions. So this is a really powerful um, episode and concept that I'm sharing with you right now. And I want you guys to really think about how many levels this is layered on as my dog grumps in the background. Dude, my goodness. (laughs) Okay, so 
no matter your past belief, the strongest beliefs are the ones we create with intention inside of ourselves. So if you think about all the attachments that you have to all the ideas in your life, how things are supposed to go, what you thought they were going to be like and in comparison to what they are now, all of those attachments, those are all attachments to ideas, come from beliefs that we create within ourselves. And I spend time intentionally immersing myself in my inner world so I can bring the best version of myself to the outer world around me. This is something that literally everybody can do, and yet most people choose instead to stay attached to those little tethered items, those ideas, those beliefs, those shaky foundations, those wobbly kites and trees. Like they're just, they, they were laid by people, environments, and cultures to which they had no decision in joining. That's why it's so important for us to look at so much more than the attachment styles of your romantic relationships because they aren't just about romance and partners and finding somebody outside of you. It's about understanding your relationship to your inner self inside of you and your attachment to that relationship. So rather than allowing our brains to think all attachments are bad, I just want to pause here and point out that bonding and attachment when you're a baby is how we survive. And fundamentally, bonding and attachments are the way in which we build the version of yourself that you have become today, right? It's where all that good character comes from as well. Everything in your environment when you were little that put you in the person that you are right now. What I'm offering here is for us to look at a new perception of attachment that allows you to not resent it and doesn't make you reject it. Instead, you become a conscious partner in the foundational beliefs of this person, and this person is who you truly are. I want you to think about how this might shift you and your thoughts about prosperity and who deserves it. And why? And how much should people have? And who decides how much? At the core of each one of those questions is a root or core attachment to the thoughts of a person. And that person is who you are today. So when you slow down and you pick apart your thoughts with a fine-tooth comb, like I just did... (laughs) you can start to then decisively pick up those pieces that are working, that are creating really positive things in your life. And you can hold them closely and you can see them more clearly and start to put them back together in a way that makes you happier and fuller and more who you are because you're incorporating your flaws. You're more connected to your inner self because you have incorporated everything through letting go of attachment. It's beautiful. So what I want to do now is introduce a new way of looking at attachments by giving you three common internal attachments that you might not even be aware that you have. Attachments that aren't romantic in nature have everything to do with our attachment to our thoughts about ourselves. 
These internal attachments, though, are unfortunately um, obscured completely and really hard to point out on your own because they are more abstract concepts like systems and morals and beliefs and ideas about systems and our relationship with our value and our self-worth. And this is where all the really juicy transformative self-work lives. So there's only like so much you can do with a Brene Brown book. And don't get me wrong. I love you, Brene. I love you, Brene. Brene, I love you. Girl, I love you, Brene. But there's only so much we can do with you on our own. (laughs) So The first one is the attachment to what other people think. This can look like repressing yourself and your sexuality or sexual desires to maintain your quote-unquote purity. Even though there is no such thing as a purity police, and literally that culture is all about shaming women's bodies, and I will save that talk for the future. This can also look like never wanting to disappoint others, fidgeting constantly, or having really um, remarkably high levels of indecisiveness, even when it comes to like something you're going to order. Or anytime somebody asks you a question that triggers this deep attachment and this attachment to what other people think can be anything from like, hey, does this look good on me? To um, what do you want to do with your life? Anytime you feel that attachment triggered, it will create this sense of confusion. And that right there is being attached to what other people think. That sense of confusion in response to somebody asking you a question. Okay? So this also looks like going along just to get along. Not saying anything when you see someone do something wrong. Overworking when you should be resting on dating apps when you should be sleeping or outrunning your feelings or deprioritizing yourself to meet the needs of someone else. Feeling the need to have all the answers is a big one. This also looks like doing something that feels risky and brave and then texting somebody else right away so that you can share it with them. Like you're sharing this experience with them and they're somehow going to feel better because you're sharing this experience with them. But really what's happening is you're seeking approval (laughs) and your sneaky little brain has told you that you're sharing an experience with somebody and that's good for them, right? You guys, you got to watch fear. She's a sneaky bitch. So what happens in this situation, in my experience, when you look at the difference between not sharing your personal wins with others versus sharing them with others, getting that instant approval from others versus not sharing them with others and holding that instant approval, it's that, or withholding that instant approval, it's that the person with the most long-term success in life goes for the slower accumulating personal deep level success that they don't share with themselves. And the people that are fast and burn out, they go for the impulsive instant gratification hits of dopamine that come from constantly sharing their life with everybody. But seeking approval is just another way that you are attached to what another person thinks about you. So next, 
Oh, before we move on, I want to tell you where that comes from. Seeking approval comes from directly not trusting yourself. If you trusted yourself, you wouldn't need approval from others. Next, number two, attachment to judging others. So this can look like anxiously rattling off insults to try and make yourself feel more comfortable when you're out of your comfort zone, just like pointing out people's dresses in the crowd and being bitchy about it. I see you. Jealousy used to make an improper comparison to the other person. You guys, you have to remember, jealousy only tells us what we want, right? So not having anything to share to somebody other than sharing your observed judgments of others. This looks like internally or externally passing judgments on another person for how they make you feel. This looks like gossiping and then exhausting. Gossiping and exhausting is where you've talked yourself into a tired state of mind because you're exchanging low vibrational digs at everyone else in the room. Eventually, that wears you out of steam and you fall asleep. Focusing on another person's outward appearance to the extreme of making it a priority to outperform them. I think my friend said it best. He said, I think it's fun to be not like everybody else, but it's not fun to be thinking about everybody else all of the time in order to ensure that you're not like them. I think that's just a brilliant way to look at that. Attachment to judging others comes from feeling like you aren't confident, you have low self-esteem, feelings of insecurity, Maybe you don't understand that your value is intrinsic and you're not understanding how precious you are. And you're really not fully just understanding from just the level of learning something. Your worth is intrinsic. And not understanding how your uniqueness is not of greater value because you are different, but you simply are different. And that in in itself is beautiful, right? Yes, say it with me. I am beautiful. (laughs) Okay, number three, the attachment to wanting to keep things the same and to only ever have the same experiences of life that you pre-approve of and you live in fear of judgment from others. Attachments just everywhere from every angle. So this can look like not trying a new relationship style to see if it works for you. Silencing your intuition and relying solely on logic while ignoring the signs, your guides, your body, and everybody else is trying to send you or writing them off as coincidences. Oh, that's a coincidence. Oh, that's a coincidence. No, bitch. The universe is talking to you. Pay attention. I will shake your shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I have to giggle. (laughs) Oh, that made me laugh. Okay, so then the other ones are speaking just to break up the silence. So you try to keep things under your control by not allowing there to be any silence between you and another person and you're attached to that pattern because when you have to let go of that pattern, you don't know how to act. Exactly. 
So this is when you allow emotional responses to barricade new experiences. This is how you do that. When you don't allow your true self to be honored for just being you, not in comparison to others, but just because you are, when you don't allow yourself to receive that honoring, you create attachments to things outside of you that will change. So think about that. This comes from your attachment to the past (laughs) by thinking the same thoughts of yesterday, which is leading you to make the same choices today. (laughs) And the same choices today are leading you to the same behaviors tomorrow. And the same habitual behaviors tomorrow create your same experiences in your future. (laughs) The same events in your future reality are creating the same reliable emotional responses in you all the time. And as a result, you feel the same every day. And your yesterday becomes your tomorrow. So in truth, when you stay attached to the past, it literally becomes your future. Hello. So these are the three ways of experiencing attachments that are interpersonal, as in they're how you relate inside of your inner person. And it is the way you relate to who you are now and who you are becoming. So who is she? What are her values? What are her boundaries? Does she honor them? She might know what they are, but when she goes into a situation, does she establish a boundary when something is not being upheld? Is it beauty? Does she value beauty? Curiosity, education, art, compassion? Does she like big dicks? Does she value tradition? Why or why not? All of these things are important. Who is this person? Do you know? Have you spent time with her? Do you even know? Do you even know? Most people try to create... (laughs) Uh, Okay. Most people try to create a new personal reality. As in like the same old personality. So when they try to create this new personal reality, they're doing it with their old personality and they get frustrated, and they give up on themselves when it doesn't work. But they're literally missing the key concept that unlocks this whole entire process. You ready? In order to change your life, you literally have to become someone else. No big deal. And this can be a really challenging process, which is best supported in a safe container so that you can gently peel back those layers thoughtfully and have your blind spots pointed out where you're not allowing yourself to be held back by your own bullshit anymore. And listen to me, this is what coaching is. This is what life coaching is all about, creating deep, profound understandings of who you are and who you want to be. And then I maintain the boundaries in the relationship that doesn't allow you to fall back onto your old bullshit when things get uncomfortable or hard. So listen, 
If you're already doing this work a little bit and you feel like you're actually ready to establish a foundation of emotional wellness, it truly takes you further and faster if you work with a coach. Truly. I don't even care if you work with me. I just want you working with a coach. Okay? So I am going to tell you to work with me, though. I'm going to do that right now because next year is... 2022. This is the master architect number in numerology. And I'm like not a crazy numerology fan, but some of their power numbers are very powerful portals that I've experienced in the last 12 months. And I don't know enough about numerology to give you any other read than shit happens on these number days. So (laughs) I was born on September 22nd. I am a master architect, and it's not just a big year of changes for you, but 2022 is going to be a big foundational year for everybody. So think about what I said at the beginning of this episode about working with the astrology for creation or manifestation, even though I don't love that word. Now, remember, my birthday is on September 22nd. I'm a master architect not literally degreed master architect, but I went to fine art school and I have literally helped hundreds of others build new stable foundations within themselves that they've turned around and used to create more prosperity, more service and more love in this world. It's kind of my thing. It's what I fucking do. And in 2022, I have an upcoming surge that I'm being called into And for that very reason, I will only be taking 44 women in total in 2022 in two waves of 22 women. So you can join me for a very special group program where we prepare the foundation for the rest of your life and foster inner growth by turning over those old patterns and really lay that foundation down to improve the quality of your life for the rest of your life. Now, I just want to pause right here and share something real-time story that happened with you. Before I move on to the attachment styles and relationships which are coming up, and this is not promoting myself, but it's my podcast, so I can do what I fucking want. I just want to share with you that I, I actually just literally just channeled this whole program. And I paused the recording and just it just poured out of me. It was the most overwhelming sense of love and joy and it legitimately made me sob tears of gratitude this is going to be such an incredible program you're not going to want to miss out on this I'm going to share more details with you soon but you guys I just want to share this with you right now real time human to human this is this is actually (laughs) what it's like when you're living in alignment like Life is beautiful every single day when you are living aligned with your highest self. Not only that, people come to you with messages that you need answers to. Like my friend Michelle. (laughs) Thanks, Michelle, for being my highly psychic spirit whisperer. I put a message on my Instagram, and she texts me with the answer later today in the afternoon. And she hadn't even seen my post yet. But it was the answer to the question I asked. And nobody else had responded to it. I was like, what? 
is happening? I say that a lot. I say, what is happening in my head all the time now, <laughs> which is so much fun. Ah! And I want you guys to have that too. So we can all credit this beautiful moment to the intentional attachment release I've been doing in the past 48 hours and that I'm going to teach you guys how to do in this upcoming program. Ah! And it's all thanks to the eclipse and to the alignment of the energies because I've been paying very close attention to that this year. So this will have to be something that I include in the coaching course because creating can really be this easy, you guys. Like it can be so easy and so joyful. And like when I say easy, I don't mean you're not challenged. I mean you're being given a big task and everything lines up. It's like you go to open your Crayola crayon box and all the colors are in there and everything's perfectly sharpened and it's beautiful and it smells good. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> I really love the smell of art supplies, you guys. <laughs> they make, it's my happy place. <laughs> but I'm, you know, like, I just want you to know that the universe has to stay in balance. When we let something go, we bring something new in. The more you can live attached to the ideas and the people and the material around you, the happier you become. Because that is literally the universe keeping itself in balance. Get it? You let go of something, you become happier. It's not a, a, a ladder or a staircase. It is a spiral. And it just spirals on and on and on and on forever. <laughs> and I'm not talking, I'm not talking about material balance here. I don't want you to think like, oh, if I <laughs> if I throw away my old iPhone, I'll get a new one. That is not what I'm talking about. That is not what I'm talking about. This eclipse is in the house of philosophy, education, and ideas. So if you were ever if you're an intellectual person, which my guess is if you listen to my podcast, you're very smart or you at least like the sound of my voice. I don't know. It could, it's, I feel like right now I don't, I don't know enough about the audience to really say anything yet because I'm not checking it until in the middle of January. So <laughs> it is the perfect time to purge all of those sneaky motherfucking attachments you have to those ideas about yourself. What? Yes. Whatever those sneaky ideas you have about yourself, those micro judgments, those things that you would never tell a best friend but are constantly rolling in the back of your head, let those fucking go, baby. Let them fly. Let them be free. Say, I don't want those anymore. Speaking of living detached, okay, let's, let's reel it in, Katie. I don't think it would be fair for us to do an episode on attachment without ever getting to relationship attachment styles. So it is my opinion at their core, attachment styles are the manifestation of a deep detachment of your relationship with your true self. Further, non-functioning, toxic, or abusive relationships with yourself or who you're pretending to be and your true self will always present as attachment style issues for you in your relationships with other people. If you can't trust yourself, you're unlikely to truly trust 
others without secretly waiting for them to mess up eventually. Waiting for the other shoe to drop sort of thing. And if you're lying to yourself again because you think you can trust someone outside of yourself more than you can trust yourself, it's because you're confused about what trust is. Trust is love. Love literally starts from within. We are loving beings. We come into this world knowing how to smile. Nobody teaches a baby how to smile. Once they're fed, they just smile. They just sleep and smile for like, I don't know, first five years. I have no idea. But here we are at relationship styles. So listen to these attachment styles. And I want you to tune into your honesty and then tune into which style you truly have with your inner guidance system. And keep in mind all the times you haven't trusted it or you haven't believed it or you haven't tuned into your body or you've ignored yourself. Be aware of all of those things while I'm going through this. Okay, so the first one of traditional relationship attachment styles are a secure and functioning relationship. Secure attachment style implies that a person is comfortable expressing emotions openly. Adults with a secure attachment style can depend on their partners and in turn, let their partners rely on them. Relationships are based on honesty, tolerance, and emotional closeness. The secure attachment type thrive in their relationships, but also don't fear being on their own. They do not depend on the responsiveness or approval of their partners and tend to have a positive view of themselves and others. Anxious. For adults with anxious attachment styles, their partner is often their better half. The thought of living without the partner or being alone in general causes high levels of anxiety. People with this type of attachment style typically have negative self-image while having a very positive view of other people. The anxious adult often seeks approval, support, and responsiveness from their partner. People with this attachment style value their relationships highly, but are often anxious and worried that their loved one is not actually invested in their relationship or not even invested as much as they are. A strong fear of abandonment is present at all times. It is a safety and a priority. The attention, care, and responsiveness of the partner appears to fix the remedy for a time. On the other hand, the absence of their support and intimacy can lead the anxious or preoccupied type to become more clingy and more demanding and more preoccupied with the relationship and trying to fix all the micro breaks and that makes them desperate for love. Avoidant or dismissive. The d- dismissing avoidant type would often perceive themselves as lone wolves. Strong, independent, self-sufficient. <sighs> Not necessarily in terms of physical contact, but rather on an emotional level. They say things like, I don't need to share love with you to feel loved. Or (laughs) they say, I love you. I just don't need to be near you. Or they just don't ever say they love you. (laughs) These people have high levels of self-esteem and very positive views of themselves. They are dismissing, avoidant type, 
and tend to believe that they don't need to be in a relationship to feel complete. They do not want to depend on others, and they don't want others to depend on them or seek support and approval in any of their social bonds. Adults with this attachment style generally avoid emotional closeness. They also tend to hide or suppress their feelings when faced with a potentially emotionally dense situation. And the last one is disorganized, fearful, avoidant. The disorganized type tends to show unstable and ambiguous behaviors in their social bonds. For adults, the style of attachment the partner and the relationship themselves are often both the source of desire and fear. Fearful, avoidant people do want intimacy and closeness, but at the same time, they experience troubles trusting and depending on others. This was me. I was disorganized and fearful, avoidant of myself. This is everything I saw around me and all the mirrors and all the relationships I ever had. And it was because I was afraid that if I got close to what was inside of me, I would be terrified of what I found for a very long time. I both feared my own power and my own energy and what I am bringing into the world and just dashed after it with all of my desire. And that contrast wasn't remedied very easily. I had to work really hard on that. And that is what I am teaching my clients now. So they can work really hard on this too and learn how to regulate emotions so that we can be with strong emotional moments and not feel attachment to them, not feel fear of getting hurt. Because once you have created a secure functioning relationship with yourself, all of the problems you once had with dating or being partnered with somebody shift substantially. I mean, they don't go away because, let's face it, if we stop growing, we die. So they're never just going to go away. They're always going to be there, you know, on some level. And even though they're there on some level for me still, I can be there with them too. They're not there and ruining my day. I'm there with them and they're there with me. It's not like it, it's me against myself anymore. I've got my own fucking back. And it feels amazing because let's face it, once we shift that substantially, we can start having those incredible partners in our life. We can start being that incredible parent, that incredible spouse, that person that we know is in there waiting but we can't get to them until we get the self-love going on the inside. So I want you to just take a moment and no longer feel restricted by others. Don't feel the impulse to defend your choices. Don't feel the need to declare a change in your life to the world around you. Just sit with that feeling for just a second.
Okay, now I want you to imagine never having to feel that sinking feeling in your gut that comes from the pressure to please others. Instead, where that feeling was, you replace it with joy, peace, and freedom. What would it feel like for you to spend time with others from this place of feeling joy and peace and freedom when they're there with you? How would that shift impact your life? Would you dress a little more bravely? Maybe laugh a little louder, cry a little more, love a little harder. What does that look like to you? When you're living detached from the things that no longer serve you, you really have the ability to experience deep and profound intimacy without fear. This fear can look like seeking social support for all of your decisions because your own approval doesn't carry the same level of value to you. So an example would be like dumping somebody and then asking for approval from others to see if that was a good idea or some level of value that you would give to somebody else rather than your own opinion because you don't trust yourself. Even if it sucks, At the end of the day, if we are hurting, it is our choice to stand up and fight or to go to bed early. And hey, there's nothing wrong with going to bed early. But both are choices. And I want to point that out so that you can see that they're both choices unattached from judgment of what you think about each of those choices. And then I want you to ask yourself, which would you choose? (laughs) So I'm finally to a point in my life where I feel genuinely healthy because of my ability to exercise the skills of being unattached on so many levels of material humanity. Oh, you didn't know this was a skill. Yes, yes, my friend. This is a skill. Being able to calm your mind the fuck down while letting go of something that you've been so conditioned to associate with safety is a skill, my friend. It's a skill. (laughs) think about the last time you had to get rid of like your old favorite hoodie or sweater it like hurt a little bit right (laughs) that's just a material object right imagine the volume of noise your mind and body are going to make when you consciously choose to let go of your overeating in order to align to your future self that is skinnier Or what about when you are letting go of attachment to some really good sex that isn't good for you meeting and it's not meeting your needs on any other level and you know you deserve to have it all so you choose to let go of the really good sex so that you can have it all with the right person because it's a balancing act. You have to let it go. Always. I wasn't always this way, though. And I want you guys to know that because 
I didn't, <laughs> I didn't recognize what was going on for me each time I was falling down. And the lessons, they took me a little bit longer to learn. We'll just put it that way. Eventually, the voice in the back of my head got a little louder than it ever had been before. And I didn't really realize while I was going through all of this. At that moment, I thought I was, you know, just catching my breath. I was, in fact, free-falling through space, about to smack my face in the dirt again. Also, I can eventually ask the question, who am I? And then eventually remember what the hell I am made of and finally accept who I truly am by coming into full alignment with all the joy that it is to be me. And I want you to have this too. I want you to experience this deep, profound, life-changing love as well. And you can start doing that today by making declarations of what you are letting go, what you are letting go of the attachment to starting right now. So just choose your words with love though. Why not just go for it? Just for the hells of it, just for the funsies, just to see where it goes if you choose to let go of your attachment to codependence. If you choose to let go of your attachment to your need for sugar. If you choose to let go of your attachment for your need to have a glass of wine. Just give it a fucking shot. And then just let that go too. <laughs> Sending you so much love during this last little push for the end of the calendar year. Bye for now. Got a burning curiosity? Slide into my DMs using the links in the show notes or email me katie at sunflowermindbody.com to submit your ideas for future episodes now. And listen, weirdo, if you're ready to get in alignment with your highest potential, it's time for you to visit sunflowermindbody.com and click book now at the top of the page. Intro production and voiceover talent provided by Everheart Studios out of Denver, Colorado with voiceover performance by the ever-talented Christine Burnett. Thank you so much to both of them for helping make my podcasting dreams come true.